What's going on, cinephobes? This is Chris. I've got Dax, Elizabeth, and Omar with me, and we're going to play another episode of Movies That Molded Me right now. Uh, Today, we're doing, what are we going to call this? Like, love Love stories? stories. Okay, very good. I think that's that's appropriate. Love stories. We've already done rom-com, and so, you know, there's going to be some bleed over here, but we, one of the stipulations for today's episode is that we would not play any of the movies from that rom-com episode, which kind of actually limits me a little bit here because there were a couple of them that I really wanted to play, uh, but that's okay. Uh, I think it's going to make for a much more interesting game for us to talk about new movies, uh, and I'm very excited about it. Since I won the last game, I get to choose the order, and today, because... Don't worry, Chris. Don't worry, though, Chris. There's still a couple Adam Sandler and (laughs) Drew Barrymore movies you can choose. I think they're out there. So, Well, who knows? They may be on my list. I've got a pretty diverse list here. So, uh, you know, your input notwithstanding. Uh, The order for today, of course, is going to be, because I really want him to win an episode. I'm putting him first. Dax, you're going to be going first, uh, followed by Elizabeth. Ooh. Followed by Omar, and I'm going to go last today because I feel like it's it's only right to give you all an opportunity to beat me. I've been on a very big winning streak lately, uh, and you know I, I'm I just I feel for you all being such losers. So, Pride goes before the fall, uh, Chris. Pride goes before the fall. <laughs> hey, but the but the last shall be first, Elizabeth, and you know this better than anyone. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's go ahead and start out with Dax. Dax, give us one of your top love stories of all time. Um. Uh, first of all, I'd just really like to say my thanks for uh, the uh, um, the first choice, as uh, as I'm doing terrible on the show so far. Um, <laughs> I think I had like four second places, and then just dropped straight to fourth. Um, so I'm I'm very proud of my my showing here. Um, I have a lot of movies that really molded me in this category. Um, we we're talking before, and on my all-time list, I've got like I think seven or eight movies that are in my top one hundred of all time, um, and I'm having a tough time with this. I'm gonna go with one that is not in my top one hundred of all time, um, but it did. That's an interesting play. It did really, really mold me in a way that some of okay. these others maybe didn't mold me as much as I just love them as a film. Um, I think this one probably molded almost all of us in one way or another, just based on um, the generation we live in, uh, the time period it came out, and what a huge um, movie it was. It's I'm talking about 1997's Titanic. Wow. So, th- okay, this movie can fit in like 10 genres. I mean, it's a... P- interesting play it's a period piece it's a love story it's an action movie it's you know a coming of age tale it's all kinds of things um this movie's long it's a a long ass movie absolutely it's a it's a um a daughter and family movie it's a classist movie it's all kinds of things um directed by james cameron starring leonardo dicaprio kate winslet and the the wonder that is Billy Zane, um, <laughs> and 
has a bunch of featured people, Kathy Bates, um, Bill Paxton, a real small wraparound role. Um, this movie was and is important for the history of cinema. Um, sure. You know, James Cameron built a, a to scale, I forget what percentage to scale, um, actual model of the Titanic in a huge tank and sank it. Um, I, one of my favorite things about this movie is it really taught us as a generation what it looked like for the Titanic or any ship to sink. I mean, it taught us the math and science of going over the barricades and the lower levels and, you know, all the kind of stuff. Um, this movie is very layered. There's lots going on. And somewhere in the middle of it, there's this really weird, like, kind of oddly sweet love story between two of the best actors of their generations. Um, yeah. You, they should, it's a almost a Romeo and Juliet sort of level love story. It's like the two that should not have ever been able to be together, um, finding each other in the most unlikely of circumstances. Um, they fall in love, they make love. It's kind of like a first love and last love, greatest love, whatever. Um, I'm not going to talk about the story and plot forever. Cause for one, it's just, it's too effing long. Um, it doesn't really matter as far as the love story goes, but it's got some of the most quotable lines. It's got some of the most iconic scenes, the, um, foggy glass in the car with the handprint going down. Um, totally. Even just the drawing of Kate Winslet that Leo does, um, the necklace. Um, it's, it's a really fun movie, but the reason that it molded me so much is because, um, when this movie came out, um, everyone was absolutely in the midst of Leo DiCaprio fever. And I bet I saw this movie in theaters six times at least just because every, every girl that I was friends with. Why? Because, well, I'm telling the story, Omar. Um, every girl that I was friends with at the Ew, time, why? every girl that I was friends with at the time, which every guy at the time in like seventh grade was trying to get their first girlfriend or whatever. So what did we do? Oh, I thought you were going to say was trying to see Kate Winslet's boobs. No, that's what I was doing. Um, (laughs) And so uh, what did we do on weekends, but go to the movies? Well, we had a group of guys and girls that went to the movies and we had one friend who uh, every weekend we would go like, what are we going to go see? And there was always a new movie every week, but Titanic played for like, 30 weeks straight it played forever so we'd we'd go to the movies and it'd be a group of six people eight people and we'd say what are we gonna go see and well let's go see this let's go see that and uh our friend leslie just every time was like i'm going to see titanic again like you guys can go (laughs) see whatever you want and so there was a there was a week i forget what it was it was the brad pitt um something to tibet i forget what that movie's called seven years in tibet oh yeah, and yeah, yeah. Every, mm. Everyone was so tired of Titanic. They were like, let's go see Seven Years in Tibet. And Leslie was like, well, I'm going to Titanic again. And I was just like, <laughs> I, I think I just want to go see Titanic again. It was probably the fourth or fifth time, but I, I guess I'm going with Leslie this time because I did not want to see Seven Years in Tibet. Um, so wow. I saw it a bunch and it had the double, the double VHS tape where you had to flip the tape halfway through. I've just seen it a lot of times. It's very memorable of the time it came out. I remember sitting in the theater. I can almost remember what it 
smelled like. It was just such a, a visceral time in my life in general. So for that reason, I'm going to, I'm going to give it a 4.5. I actually really do love this movie. I've seen it. I watched it recently for this. Uh, it holds up. Um, and I don't love the love story. It's not my favorite part, but because of the love story, this movie was massive. So 4.5. Yeah. All right. Elizabeth, what do you think about Titanic? I really like Leonardo DiCaprio for his good looks and that's it. Um, (laughs) So I did not go see this movie in theaters at all. I, I did go, I have seen it, Docs. Don't worry. Okay. I have seen it. Okay. I have seen it. However, <laughs> this was one that like I made sure I didn't go see in theaters. <laughs> so I avoided the movie theater when all my friends went and saw it. I saw it years later. Finally was like, all right, I suppose I should say I've watched Titanic. So I watched it. Um, and how did you not give us that whole discourse and not mention Celine Dion once? Like, I don't get it. <laughs> Probably because <laughs> probably because that song sucks. <laughs> but it was on the radio all the time, and I could sing all the words within weeks of it hitting the top charts. Totally. Anyway, okay, so, but it it didn't mold me nearly as much as it did for you, Dax. I'm I'm really yeah. I'm 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 giving it a three. <laughs> it all was right. it, it was a good movie, but uh, it's a three. Yeah. All right, uh, Omar. What do you think about Titanic? Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> The song was better. Oh, um, Omar, this is. Th- uh, I still have. T- this is better than the the five other movies I could have picked that you haven't seen at all. So, <laughs> well, you would have scored higher from one of the five other movies from from me. Um, I, I still have trauma from this movie for lots of reasons, but uh, it's kind of funny you're talking about it. I have vivid memories of seeing this in the theater. Um, I can say that it, it molded me, but it not in a, in a positive manner. So, um, I went on my birthday, which was like the day this came out, um, December 27th. I think it was around, it was like either the day it came out or like the first week it came out, um, with a girl in my high school who I really wanted to go on a date with, who I kind of liked for a while and we were friends and. And it was kind of like known this is like our first date and it was, what are we going to see? We're going to go see Titanic. Um, That movie ruined our friendship. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We, we uh, never went on another date. Um, I don't even remember us really being that close to friends afterwards. It's because you talk so much shit Uh, about the movie afterwards, right? Very, very possible. (laughs) Very possible. Um, It was one of those things about, like four hours into it, I'm like, when is this? Is, would the ship just four sink already? Hours. Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's just, it's a horrible. Like, I, I like Leo, Leotardo DiCaprio, um, Jesus, quite a bit. Say, <laughs> say, so, so where's Johnny Gilbert? Say, where's Johnny? Um, but uh, I, I do like him. I think he's a good actor more than just his looks. Um. I, I do think that uh, there's some good parts in the movie, but it's just such a long movie and it like just drags, especially like the last 45 minutes. It just seems like as the ship's going down, it's just just fucking sink. We get it. We know that Titanic sinks like we get it. We know the history. We know the story. Just die. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, 
um i give it a one oh um, <laughs> and and i i would never i mean like the song was the you know, reason we all heard it so much it was like at the top of the charts for a while i mean and this movie was at the top of the charts for a while but neither one of them i think uh, yeah i don't know i'm not a fan i won all right. Um, I cannot believe what I just heard. I, I will have to say this. I, I kind of feel the same as Dax as far as like when this movie came out, it was in the theater for a very long time. Uh, I definitely saw it no less than three times in theater uh, just because we went to the movie all the time and it was on and we really liked it. Um, looking at it from the perspective of an appreciation of cinema, you can't take a movie like Titanic, which... James Cameron had to like go and actually get a submarine and go down and get footage. Like he commissioned all this, like his, you don't have to love James Cameron. And there are some James Cameron movies I don't really care for, but his passion, his drive, his dedication to getting things authentic. uh, It it's, it cannot be understated how incredible uh, that is. And also uh, how much it actually adds to the detail of the movie. There's some really cool stuff in this movie that I love. I love, um, you know, classism, like the whole Irish people being kind of stuck together in one cabin, uh, you know, uh, uh, Rose gets to go down and experience that. Uh, you know, it's kind of like a difference in culture there. Um, it, there's some really cool stuff in this movie The visually uh, it is absolutely stunning. Um, just from a, a movie lover's perspective, even if you don't like the story, um, I don't know that you can look at this movie and not see greatness and not see something that's um, extraordinary. It's uh, it's incredible. I, I actually really happen to like the story. Um, there's a couple of parts, of course, that are bothersome. Um, you know, the very end when when he's frozen. I mean, there's, he could have totally been on that door with her or that piece of wood or whatever. And she lets him go like, okay, it's silly, but you know, it, it's a, it's a device, you know, for of course drama and making you feel a certain way. And and it does end up working for most people. Um, you know, uh, Billy Zane was in back to the future too. So I give this movie a 4.5 as well. That means that uh, Titanic is going to get 13 points on the grayscale. I am, I am honestly shocked. I'm honestly shocked, Omar, that you gave it a one. I cannot believe that. Have you seen it since? Uh, you look. If you didn't, I'm not going to see it again. No, fuck. You that. need to see no, it. No, don't even don't even waste your time. I love movies, and I I'm resent that. Like <laughs> from a movie lover's perspective, right, 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 fuck yeah, it's a shitty fucking movie. It's not. Okay, it's, right. Next person. It's you, next person. Move on. Listen. This movie is a movie to be seen in theaters. I understand, Elizabeth, that you saw it on, you know, home video, probably the, you know, with the intermission and all that stuff. Okay. Uh, this movie looked massive on theaters. It looked so good. Uh, and it does hold up. I've, I, I watched it last year. I thought it was really, really good. And Rose McGowan. Oh, anyway. All right, Omar. <laughs> just because she shows her titties. <laughs> <laughs> no, not even that. She's just great. She's absolutely fantastic. As a kid, certainly, yeah, that molded me. All right, I was into it. As an adult, she's incredible. She's an incredible actor. All right. Uh, all right, Titanic's going to get a 13. Elizabeth, that's going to bring us to your movie. Uh, what are you going to play today? Okay. I'm playing 1999's Notting Hill. 
Notting Hill. So in case you haven't seen it, the premise, the it's the life of a simple bookshop owner changes when he meets the most famous film star in the world. Um, this movie was one of the ones that got me into watching Hugh Grant movies. I don't know that I would ever want to meet Hugh Grant. He's too much of a player in my opinion, but um, <laughs> he's very, very good in <laughs> all of the love story romance movies that I've seen him in. Uh, so Hugh Grant clearly is in it. Julia Roberts is the famous film star who goes into his bookstore. And then there's this collection of uh, quirky characters that are Hugh's friends. Richard McCabe, Rise Infants. I don't know how you say his name. R-H-Y-S. Reese Ifans. Okay, that one. He's Spike. It's Welsh. Yes, he's Spike. Um, and then uh, Gina McKee and Emma Chambers. Um, I love Emma Chambers. She's uh, an, uh, She plays small roles in a lot of movies. And every time I see her, I'm like, oh, it's Emma. Like, she's just, she's quirky. I love her. Um, but I, I like this movie a lot because of the quirkiness, because of the crazy friends that this guy has, and the fact that he's down, he is down to earth and gets a chance with this movie star that it's a fairy tale. That's a fairy tale. Like, that's never actually going to happen in real life. <laughs> but um, but I like it. And it's, in, it's set in England. It's one of those, a, a little English bookshop. I'd love to go visit a little English bookshop someday. It's kind of, it's my little fairy, my own little fairy tale, I guess. <laughs> um, so yeah, you can watch it on Peacock currently. And I'm going to give it a five. All right. Uh, Elizabeth gives Notting Hill a five. Dax, what do you think about Notting Hill? I've seen Notting Hill probably as much as any Hugh Grant movie ever. Um, maybe next to like two weeks notice probably is my next like most watched one. Um, I really like him. This is not my favorite Julia Roberts, but I don't think I mean, she's doing kind of the, the Ocean's 12 thing where she's playing Julia Roberts in a movie again. Um, right. And she is the biggest female star at this time, so it makes sense that she's playing the biggest female star at this time. Um, they're, <laughs> they're oddly charming together. They have this chemistry that I don't... It seems like they would have done a, a follow-up to this, um, similar to the, you know, the Sleepless in Seattle, You've Got Mail sort of idea. Um, yeah, all the characters in the side are really funny. All his friends... Probably the best scene in the movie is when he brings her to dinner at his sister's house, and she's in a wheel. Or it's my his, favorite the, scene. The, the love of his life is in a wheelchair from a terrible accident, and she ended up marrying his best friend. So he's already like lost love multiple times, um, but he's got this great support system, and they do not realize that he's bringing a celebrity to dinner. Um, and then she just wins them all over and she is reminded what it's like to be in the real world again. Um, funny little cameo too is her ex-boyfriend celebrity boyfriend is played by Alec Baldwin in a little short yeah. scene and he's a huge asshole and, but he's so good in the scene and you just love, uh, to hate him and then you feel for her in a way that you don't for the rest of the movie, or maybe you don't normally think about as a celebrity. Um, it's got one of the most like 
remembered lines ever, which is I'm just a boy or a girl standing in front of a boy asking him to love her. Uh, it's really sweet. It works every time. Uh, I easily can give this a 4.5. Wow. All right. Dax gives Notting Hill a 4.5. Omar, what do you think about Notting Hill? Uh, 1.5 for me. I have not seen it. Um, this genre is really not my genre, and I have also not seen this movie. Oh. Uh, so 1.5 for me, unfortunately. Right. That, I'm that, sure it's a great movie. That right there determines the rest of my movies. For the- <laughs> My list is so You're still going to get a 12.5. You're still going to get a 12.5. Notting Hill is going to get a 12.5. Just 0.5 points shy from but, Titanic. But if which you I haven't think seen that one, then you will not have seen any of the rest of the ones on my list. You don't know that. Yeah. You, know you don't know that. that. You should you should play what you're going to play. Yeah, Hugh Grant's not really my thing. So, you know. Well, cause that's, and Julia cause Roberts either. Because so. he's in all the love stories. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, there may be another Hugh Grant that comes up. I know I've seen several. Okay. But I just haven't seen this one. So I'm sorry. Uh, Omar, what's your love story, man? What do you got? Uh, All right. This is going to be fun. And let me just, before I go any further, let me apologize to any listeners, not for my Titanic comments, but for last week's episode. Um, if anyone who's like on, (laughs) on team Omar, like I like the movies he chose, chose and we're playing action movies last week. And I have not been able to forgive myself yet. So I'm still working through some pittance with that. I'm going to stay true from now on, but how I played saving private Ryan on action movie. Like when there were so many other things to choose from, I don't know. I don't know. I froze up. I don't know what I was thinking, but I'm going to just be true to myself this week. And from now on, have a lot of fun, play some movies that really did mold me. There's, there, there are great movies and hopefully you guys have seen them. Uh, it's funny. Uh, Dax mentioned Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. Um, and this is my, my first movie. This is the movie that started it out f- for me or for them as well. Um, in 1990, uh, a little movie called Joe versus the volcano. Um, this is, like I said, Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan. Uh, it's so much fun. I'm, I'm realizing again, just how much I love Tom Hanks. Like there's very few movies that he's in that I don't like, even if it's not a genre that I'm in love with. Um, Joe versus volcano is hilarious. It's, it's a comedy, a rom-com it's, uh, all the things it's uh, the story of Joe who's a hypochondriac who's finds out he's dying. Apparently um, he has a boring mundane life working in a factory. And, uh, and once he finds out that he's dying, he, he runs into this guy who offers him the chance of a lifetime uh, to basically go to this tropical Island and hurl himself into the volcano to, basically save the the people of the island and so all of a sudden now his life has worth and his meaning so he's gonna go out there to this like one last big trek out to this island to throw himself in he's in like the the guy he meets is like a millionaire you know so like joe has all the money all of his bills are paid for everything that he would need he has for the last few weeks of his life and so things are looking up for joe at the end and then he goes out to the island and he meets the love of his life. And in the process, 
finds out that he has something to live for and he doesn't want to hurl himself in the island and then just the antics of them and trying to escape from the situation that he got himself into um i love this movie uh, it's a lot of fun um it's an old one but it's a good one i give it a 4.8 on the grayscale okay <laughs> 4.8 on the grayscale uh dax have you seen joe versus the volcano i have um this was a movie my my grandfather had a bunch of movies recorded on vhs tapes um from tv and then would just re-watch those vhs tapes uh with the commercials still in them uh wasn't willing to pay for an actual vhs or a movie channel um that's great so i saw this the first time like that um and then obviously i watched it as i you know i got a little bit older i revisited it to see what it was really all about as i'm you know appreciating actors and things like that um this is a really weird movie. It's really, really weird. It would probably not get greenlit today because of the the premise is just kind of so. Um, <laughs> I don't even know what the word is. It's just it's a little bit madcap um, in a way that I'm just not sure how to like wrap my head around completely. Um, I did enjoy it. Um, probably didn't mold me. I couldn't really talk about it with any sort of intellect at this point um but i know that it's it's a it's an enjoyable watch so i'm gonna give it a three all right dax gives joe versus the volcano a three elizabeth what do you think about this one this movie's hilarious um shout out to my friends lydia and chris bischoff who made sure i watched a bunch of popular movies from the 80s and 90s that I had never seen before because they showed me this movie and I laughed the entire time. I thought it was hilarious. I've only seen it the one time, but I still remember laughing my ass off. <laughs> um, I thought it was a great movie. I'm going to give it a four and I I definitely want to rewatch it again. Like I, I, I want to rewatch it. <laughs> um, I don't think I've seen this movie. Oh. Uh, I can remember maybe a commercial about it or something where he's like on a raft or something uh um, made out of like a really nice chest that they got the millionaire bought for him all of his luggage i don't think i've <laughs> seen it uh and for that reason i can only give it a 1.5 y'all i'm sorry i don't know um, how many times i've seen this movie yeah yeah i i i'm familiar with it i just don't think i've actually ever seen it you know I don't know how it holds up because it's been so long and yeah. it wasn't until it's like re researching for this show that I'm like, Oh man, I got to play that movie. I love this yeah. movie. Um, so I, I don't know if I should say, you know, you should watch it. I don't know if it holds up or not. Um, oh, I should totally watch it. In fact, you know, you on, uh, I, I think it was a crime movies episode and then Dax on the, uh, um, uh, action movies played point break. And so I actually got to go back and rewatch that because yeah, I'd never one. really seen it before. And I ended up loving it, you know? So yeah, I should totally watch Joe versus volcano, but as it is, it's going to get a 13.3 so far, the highest scoring movie, uh, in this first round, that's going to bring it to, uh, my movie. Um, and we'll say if you haven't, we'll say if you haven't seen it real quick, uh, that is yeah. a lot of, that is a lot of fun. Like Elizabeth said, like, uh, go for it. Like if you're, um, have nothing to do you're just looking for a good laugh like it, it is a lot of fun and you get to see like a very very young tom hanks so mm -hmm. and meg very and young. meg ryan that's yeah. the way i like tom hanks before he got stupid what's up dax <laughs> it's on hbo max right now too 
Okay, great. Um, all right. That's going to bring me to my movie. Um, I have talked about this movie before, but I've never played it. So I'm excited to play it today. It's, it's such a fun, but also like endearing movie. Like I, for me, I don't know why, but I really like movies that are funny, but also sad at the same time. Like there's something that draws me to that. And so, um, this movie, uh, 2007, Dan in Real Life, oh. directed by Peter Hedges, yes. stars Steve Carell, Juliette Binoche, uh, D- uh, Diane Wiest. Uh, a widower named Dan dedicates his life to his children, but one day while visiting his family, he meets Marie at a bookstore. Uh, they get to know each other and go their separate ways. But when Dan arrives at his family's home, he finds out that Marie is actually dating his brother. The two spend the next few days secretly working out their feelings for each other with the family only serving as a tense, but hilarious distraction. Uh, the movie reminds us that love is complicated, but even though, uh, the consequences are high, it should always be pursued. Um, this is such a charming film. Uh, Steve Carell, I think plays, uh, a very, subtle performance as a grieving widower, but also somebody who's ready to kind of move on. Uh, and his family, of course, is they've been ready for him to move on. Uh, and so they, they're definitely encouraging him to go on dates with people and whatnot. Um, but he's not really interested in the people that they're trying to hook him up with. Uh, and it just so happens that he, he really connects with Marie, you know, uh, and, um, and she does a brilliant performance as well. Like there's certain scenes of this movie that I just love. Like um, there's a scene where they have to hide the fact that they're kind of having a conflict uh, in their love interest from the daughter. And so they're both in the shower together, but she thinks she's just talking to Marie, um, you know, while the dad's actually in there, it's, it's hilarious. And they just crack up laughing in the middle of it <laughs> while the daughter's kind of having a nervous breakdown. It's so good. Great scene. Um, Oh, it's, 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 it's a beautiful movie. Uh, and I just, I love it so much. Uh, I know that it's not like probably on anyone's top of list as far as love movies go. Uh, but I, I think it's great. So I'm going to give Dan in real life a five, uh, Dax, have you seen Dan in real life? I have, um, this movie came out, um, funny. The context of it is the peak of the Dane Cook thing so it was almost marketed as like a dane cook movie and he's he's like you know not quite second lead but like you know he's part of the big ensemble um and he actually pulls a pretty okay performance out of his hat in this movie too totally um the girl that they hook him up with too um funnily enough is emily blunt in 2007 and she's the you know the temptress kind of person and just everyone in this movie is really, really good. It's one of the family movies that feels like a family and not like um, a bunch of famous people cast in a movie together that don't feel like family. Um, mm-hmm. So I think it totally works the whole time. Uh, one of my very favorite elements about this, too, is that he is a essentially he's like a self-help personality yeah. um, guy. And he's, of course, has none of his life with his daughters, his ex-wife, his love life, his family figured out, but he's the self-help guy, um, which is kind of, I mean, it reminds me of just being a parent in general, where you're constantly putting out fires, you're constantly giving advice and have no idea what is going on in your own life. Um, and so I find this movie is really grounding. It's really sweet. Um it didn't mold me, but definitely was excited when Steve Carell was 
branching out from the office and going to become a real actor as opposed to just a silly uh, character comedian sort of person. Um, totally. Um, it's a four for me. All right. Uh, Elizabeth, what do you think about Dan in Real Life? I heard you giving it some cheers earlier. Oh, yeah. I, I absolutely love this movie. Remind me what year it was put out. 2007, one of the best years for film, in yeah, my that, opinion. That was a good year. We should do just that year. Um, I agree. That that movie I saw relatively early. I don't know that I saw it in theaters, but I saw it relatively early after it had been released because of Steve Carell. Um, I follow every Office character as they branch out. Um, <laughs> it's... Oh, <laughs> For office trivia, this is where Michael and Holly first met. Um, the, the lady, um, I think her name is Emily, who plays Holly, is in this movie as well, playing one of her, Amy, one of um, Dan's sisters. Yeah, Amy Ryan. Uh, Amy, yeah, Amy, right. Amy, Amy, Amy Ryan. Ryan. That's right. Um, I, yeah, I, like Dax said, I love the family element in this movie. It, they don't. It, it honestly feels like a family reunion that my family would have. Uh, my mom's side, especially where everybody's just kind of in a big house. Everybody's in everybody's business. Nobody really wants you in their business, but you're in each other's business because that's how the family is. And the single widower gets the laundry room to sleep in because that's all that's left. Because everybody who is a couple gets the beds. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I don't know. I just I love this movie. I'm I'm going to give it a five. I really, really like this one. Yay. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah, this one, like, you know, as Dax mentioned about Dane Cook, like, I don't particularly care for Dane Cook at all, but yeah. I th he was fine in this movie. He's yeah. not a lead. Uh, he's, you know, there's a funny joke where, you know, uh, he ends up finding out that Marie kind of has feelings for Dan or whatever and, and, and vice versa. And, and I, I heard, or I read that this was ad libbed where Dane cook kind of just, you know, goes mom, like as he's running out of the house or whatever, <laughs> like, you know, and it's actually really funny, you know, it's, it's not over the top, but it's still kind of, you know, silly, but, um, yeah. And, and then, you know, of course, uh, I forgot to mention that his daughter, is also like finding somebody and like falling in love with them, you know, after just a couple of days. And of course, Dan's telling her that that's ridiculous. You can't fall in love with someone so quick. And of course that's happening to him at the time. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> she's really good too. It's Britt Robertson. Um, if you don't know her as an actress, follow her career. She's been making some really interesting choices the last few years and did this really weird movie with uh, Eddie Murphy called uh, Mr. Church. Uh, I think she's someone to continue to keep watching as well. If you haven't followed her, keep an eye out. Cool. Uh, Omar, have you seen Dan in real life? I have not. I'm sorry. <sighs> um, this is where the office ruins Steve Carell for me. Um, I was talking about this with somebody else the other day, or it might've been you guys, uh, where there are a lot of characters, a lot of things about the office, office that I do like, but really if I boil it down, it's Steve's Carell's character that just it just like nails on a chalkboard for me, and so yeah. whenever he was branching out and doing movies and stuff like that, I just wasn't interested at the time. It's one of those things that listening to you talk about it, listening like I, I'm sure now I have a lot more appreciation for him, and I'm like far enough removed. It's kind of like I've got rid of a lot of my church trauma. I think I've got rid of a lot of my office trauma too, because it's not <laughs> it's not on like repeat in my house anymore like it was for the first like like five years of my marriage so um 
I, but yeah, so 1.5, but as we've yeah. c come to find out that like me not seeing a movie in this genre isn't necessarily a bad thing because I could hate it. <laughs> um, and, and, uh, and I haven't seen a whole lot of them. So 1.5 is unfortunately the best I can do right now, but I'll, I'll put well, on would... my list of two watch for sure. Yeah, totally. I think you should. Yeah. And the reason being is because, uh, Steve Carell is actually pretty, uh, he's got a pretty big range. I, he doesn't play Michael Scott at all in this movie. I mean, it's, it's just, he's completely divorced from that character. So, I mean, I'd say I've seen a handful of things now with Steve Carell in it, like that I have enjoyed. So I'm sure that I'll like it. So like Curly Sue. No, I have not seen that. He's got like a very tiny cameo in that movie. <laughs> That's weird. Um, yeah, so it, that was that was really weird. I'm like, no, uh, like, what is this like trivia? Like, no, I don't know what the fuck's going on. His his friends have often said that Steve is the most underrated actor in Hollywood. And I think he's pretty damn good, or yeah. at least can be. Yeah, yeah. I've seen him in movies where I didn't care for him. Uh, there was a movie where he was like a like an autistic. Uh, you know, figure like tiny oh, figure yeah. maker. Yeah. Oh, and I just, I, welcome to Marvel. Yeah. yeah. That's right. That's right. I didn't really care for him in that movie. I just personally. know I'm not making any friends in this episode. Like <laughs> I, I have completely, sh I have completely shit on Titanic now. And I'm now I'm shitting on the office and I'm like, Definitely. <laughs> well, let's keep going to find out what else I can make people pissed off at me about. Sure, sure. So Dan in Real Life is going to get 15.5. That means it won our first round here, which I'm very excited about. Uh, that's going to bring us back around to you, Dax. What do you got for us? I'm torn. What, what Should I pick movies that I really love? Should I pick movies that will piss Omar off? Like, I don't know where to go right now. <laughs> oh, bro, you can't piss me off. You should intentionally <laughs> pick movies that Omar is going to shit on. Okay, well then well, let's go full blast. <laughs> um, but I have to be able to see it to you know, shit on it. That's right. <laughs> well, I have a feeling you have shit ready for this. Uh, <laughs> let's go with 2005 Best Director, Best Screenplay, Best Score. Um, nominated like four other times. Uh, this is 2005's Brokeback Mountain. Uh, directed by Ang Lee. <laughs> I see this on the opening Friday night in theaters at the Angelica Theater in Dallas. Um, I see it with my two best friends at the time. Um, one of them is a gay man and was checking out all of the gay cowboys in the theater because there were so many gay cowboys at this movie. Of course. Um, so, like, really, like, like just cowboy hats left and right um and this movie is a very soft understated quiet contemplative movie about love lost gained um the span of an entire life um about the love you have the love you receive um about the choices you make the people you choose to love um both men end up falling in love with each other on a um essentially like a cattle drive um it's jake gyllenhaal and um heath ledger his name? heath ledger thank you um and they stay lifelong friends um 
they continue to connect. Heath stays a little bit more um, under the radar. He lives a simpler life. He ends up marrying Michelle Williams. They have a couple kids and continues to go fishing with uh, Jack Twist, which is uh, Jake's character. And they have this love affair over a long distance, over years and years and years. Um, Heath, spoilers, um, uh, goes to um, Jake's family's house after Jake had died in the movie. Um, And he's heartbroken. And his family knows that he was in love with him, but no one ever says it. No one in the entire movie ever actually says we were in love or we know you were in love. And it's a heartbreaking movie. I mean, it's definitely a tearjerker. Um, it was, it's one of the first movies I remember thinking like, this is really beautiful in a way that isn't cinematography and wasn't special effects. Um, 2005 is, uh, two years after I graduate high school. It's a couple years after I got into my like major car accident. Um, and movies are everything at this point and this is for sure one of my very favorite movies i was really upset when it didn't win best picture and uh, i will give it a five it's my number 120 all time uh um i know it gets a lot of shit for a couple of things one of them being the i wish i knew how to quit you line in the movie but in context it's really a sad moment um totally if if you let these people and these characters kind of take you over similar to titanic if you let yourself be engrossed in the story it matters even though it doesn't matter and it's a made-up story and it's not real um movies can can mold you so this one for me all right uh elizabeth have you seen brokeback mountain i have not okay uh my collection of gays i have not watched it you're not going to reject me right you're gonna have to watch it you have to watch it (laughs) Uh, Omar, have you seen Brokeback Mountain? No, sir. I, you weren't one not. of the cowboys in the theater there at the Angelica. I saw I mean, you that day. I'm, 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 I'm just like <laughs> I was, I was, I was a little cringing at the whole like cowboy thing because just because you wear a cowboy hat doesn't make you a cowboy. But um, well, there are some legit cowboys down here still. <laughs> All right, fair enough, fair enough. Um, but no, I have not seen this movie. Uh, I mean, uh, unfortunately, this is like in the height of my like evangelical, like you know, like it. And so there yeah. was nothing about it that would have been appealing to me. And it, I mean, I and like shamefully, I can admit that, like, I'm sure I've made a lot of jokes about about the movie, but without seeing it. But I mean, I have nothing negative or positive to say at this point. I mean, yeah. Uh, my the one joke was standing is I still think that this is the movie that broke Heath Ledger, not not Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Okay. All right. Uh, well, I've definitely seen this movie, um, and this was also at the time you know came out at the time where I was at the height of my evangelicalism as well. Uh, but I saw it years later, um, and. Yeah. Like you mentioned, uh, this is a movie that's beautiful in a way that's different than cinematography, although it looks great. I mean, it really does. There's some really beautiful scenes. I don't know exactly where they shot it, but it's, you know. A lot of um, like Montana sort of, Wyoming sort of vistas and things like that. 
That's right. Like movies like Hostels, which came out a few years ago, shot there as well and look absolutely gorgeous. Um, but, you know, aside from that, the acting is just top notch. Like this is one of those movies that Jake Gyllenhaal did pretty early on that like kind of sealed the deal for me. Like this guy is an actor and I think he'll be looked back upon in about 10, 15 years as probably like the best actor of his time. Um, I, I think he makes some really great choices, some really bold choices. I mean, this is kind of like Heath Ledger did, you know I mean? Uh, and of course he, um, uh, post posthumously or however you say that, uh, is looked back on as a really great actor. Um, I, I think that he probably would have followed kind of a similar direction as Jake Gyllenhaal did, but, um, you know, excellent performances from everyone, uh, including Michelle Williams and Anne Hathaway. Uh, yeah. it's, it's really well done. It's, um, it's probably a story that's a little bit too common, uh, for, for a time whenever it was taboo to be homosexual or be gay. Uh, yeah. and you know, I feel bad for the women, of course, because they're stuck in a relationship that the men aren't really 100% committed to. Yeah. Uh, but that's what life was probably like for these guys back then, you know? And, uh, it's, it's definitely sad, uh, but it's a beautiful movie. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I don't think I can get it, give it anything less than a four, um, and so that's going to mean that uh, Brokeback Mountain gets a 12 on the grayscale. It's very good. Um, I don't somehow Notting Hill gets 0.5 above that. I, and maybe it, maybe it's a beautiful movie. I don't know. I haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's going to bring us to uh, Elizabeth. What do you got? Okay. Wait, I switch my books around here. All right. <laughs> so here's the deal. When it comes to love stories, I am a sucker for period pieces. Most, about mm, probably half of my list are movies that are period pieces. So I'm having a hard time deciding which one to go with. So I threw a dice, not quite, but I sort of feel like I did. And I'm going to go with uh, 1995's Sense and Sensibility. Okay. I I'm I love Jane Austen. Most of her movies that have been adapted, I've seen. Um, I would have put Pride and Prejudice, but I have already played that one, and I know how half the guys on here feel about it. So I'm going with a different <laughs> Jane Austen movie, <laughs> Sense and Sensibility. This, uh, as a book, is probably my second favorite Austen book. Uh, it covers the life of. Uh, a family, a woman is widowed and she has three daughters. She's the second wife of the man who was mar- who died. And because she didn't He's have any sons, well, his first wife died. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> With his first wife, he had a son. And because of the way the entail goes, um, back in that, those times, women could never inherit and so the this the wife and three daughters are or the widow and three daughters are left destitute they're left with nothing and everything this huge house and all the money all the servants goes to the son who has basically rejected the father in a sense uh, there's blood bad blood there and so this they have to figure out the mom and three daughters have to figure out how to survive now um, on their small allowance that they have. So it stars Emma Thompson, 
Kate Winslet, James Fleet, Gemma Jones, Hugh Grant, and the great, late, great Alan Rickman, and Ugh. Greg Wise. Um, it, it covers, so two of the three sisters end up falling in love through the course of the movie, and one of them With each is, other? No. <laughs> Emma Thompson falls in love with Hugh Grant. Kate Winslet falls in love with Greg Wise first, and then Alan Rickman wins her heart in the end. But it uh, it it shows what I like about this movie, as far as the the love interest goes. It it shows different ways people approach relationships because you have the different sisters having different personalities. So Emma Thompson's character is the older sister. She's she's very sensible. She is very um, ordered. She is very practical. She falls in love with Hugh Grant very early in the movie, but she can't do anything about it because she's now all of a sudden destitute. She's all of a sudden poor, and Hugh Grant's character is very, very rich, and so technically they're in a different caste system, so that she has no hope of ever securing him or whatever they would say back in the 17, 1800s. And then uh, Kate, Win- I guess 1700s, 1600s, Kate Winslet's character, though, she's in it for love. She doesn't care, like, how poor she is. She just wants to fall in love with the most gorgeous man that she, she's met, and that's the Greg Wise character. Um, she, he, he, it ends up finding that just because somebody's gorgeous doesn't mean they're uh, going to be a good life partner, and he ends up, he, he really just is in it for the money and won't marry her because she is poor. Um, and that causes this whole thing. So anyway, I, I love this movie and I'm giving it a five. You guys can now shit on it to your heart's content. (laughs) Dax, have you seen Sense and Sensibility? Of course I have. Um, (laughs) this movie's directed by Ang Lee. So great follow-up to Brokeback Mountain. Good job there. Um, it's 10 years later. Um, he does Brokeback Mountain. Uh, this movie is really beautiful. Um, I think this is probably the first Hugh Grant performance I ever saw. Um, and I just think that the, the acting in this is kind of, is kind of unbeatable. Um, I'm not a go-to period piece sort of person, but as everyone knows, I really enjoy Um, good acting good performances directing and things like that and this is one of the best directors at really early on in his career um a lot of these people are pretty early on uh in their career as well as far as like a lot of these people are still famous in england but not in america yet um one of my favorite people is in this tom wilkinson he's uh um his character's uh mr dashwood um uh Mm -hmm. Hugh Lowry incident. I mean, it literally just is, there's so many really great, oh, yeah. great performances, really good acting in it. Um, and it totally holds up today. I mean, you could watch it today and it would really work. I was talking about this movie last night with someone. Um, so yeah, this is a really great movie. Uh, I give it a four. All oh, right. real quick, bibliophiles yeah. for bibliophiles out there who have not seen this, it follows the book really pretty well. So go watch if you're into that kind of thing well that's going to bring us to our bibliophobe omar uh have you seen sense and sensibility Um, nice well played well played uh i have not 1.5 
Uh, I have also not seen this movie. <laughs> like I said. <laughs> I have seen Hugh Grant movies, so keep, keep playing them. All right. You'll, eventually we'll get to that. I, I, I probably have seen a couple as well. But it's funny. It's funny. I'm noticing, Chris, like we, we don't watch the same love story movies. Like as far yeah. as. But then the ones that we have seen, we don't agree on. <laughs> Right. <laughs> That's funny. Well, I'm hoping uh, that we'll agree on the next one that you're going to play, which, uh, well, Sensi- Sensibility is going to get a 12, all right? Uh, and Omar, what do you got? What do you got on this one? I have a strong feeling you're going to agree with me on this one, Chris. Um, I can't wait. Uh, but this is this is fun, and I'm realizing I'm, I'm sticking in 1990 as well. Um, so it's two in a row. Uh, and this, this one, though, this is uh, directed by Tim Burton. Starring Johnny Depp, Winona Ryder, and Diane oh. West. Uh, and it's Edward Scissorhands. Uh, th- this movie's great. Uh, I love most of Depp before he becomes a pirate and then never returns. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> so true. Johnny Depp. Uh, save, save Johnny Depp. Anyway. Um, yeah, so, so th- this story is basically kind of like a Frankenstein-ish uh, style movie, uh, very goth, this uh, constructed boy, young man, was, is mostly corrected as pretty much everything that a young boy would have except for hands, and instead of hands, he has scissors, and he's like, you know, the, the weird boy up on the hill and the mountain you know that was you know created and he's lonely and all of a sudden he he meets peg who's a suburban housewife and like avon (laughs) collie and uh (laughs) she basically brings him into like her world of suburbia and he's like accepted and he's like a savant at cutting hair and trimming hedges and there's no sexual window there at all. Um, but, but, but then uh, in the process, uh, Peg's daughter, Kim, which is the Winona Ryder character, young, young Winona and young Depp. Um, it's great, even though Depp is completely gothed out. But hey, it's the 90s. And so um, you know, <laughs> uh, it, it, it works, you know, and he's out there cutting the hedges and trimming the hair and, you know, pimping out suburbia. And then he, you know, is accused of a crime. The whole town turns on him, except for basically uh, Peg and Kim. So uh, it's, you know, got the love story there with uh, Depp and Winona. And, uh, you know, it was, it was a lot of fun. It definitely molded me. I remember seeing it in theater with my family. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, it's, it's hard to explain. It's one of those movies um, you have to see if you haven't seen it. Um, but it's, I don't know. It's not like, I don't know. Other than f- like the Frankenstein element, I don't know if there's anything else I could really say that is like Edward Scissorhands. It's just like out there. Um, but Depp killed it, kills it. And um, yeah, I give it a a 4.8 as well. All right. <laughs> Mark gives Edward Scissorhands a 4.8. Uh, Dax, what do you think about Edward Scissorhands? Um, I don't love Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> um, I don't love Tim Burton and a lot of Johnny Depp um, in general. Um, I find uh, Tim Burton to be kind of similar to... Uh, how a lot of people feel about Wes Anderson, 
where it's a little bit of like style over substance. Um, I don't find that with Wes Anderson. Or, or how I feel about Qu- Quentin Tarantino, you mean? Possibly. Um, you've never said that in that way, but that's possibly what the what your issue is with them. Um, I think that um, I think that the character development is not really there in this movie. I think that there is a lot of ideas about um, life and society and things that are interesting. Um, but we don't really know much about um, Ed in this movie. We don't really know much about this town. Um, we don't super get a whole lot of depth um, that I'm kind of looking for from a movie like this, especially where it's a fairy tale fantasy kind of movie. I would disagree about the character development of the main character, but the town, I would say, okay, yeah, you're right there. It's kind of like they're very vague about that. You're just in suburbia. like, But like... As far as like, because Edward's like a, he's like a created, he has no, like, yeah, other he's than an artificial being lo- human. Yeah, other than being lonely, you know, and then, but then it's like the, the storyline is, I guess, the entire like character development for him as far as, but anyway. But why is whole, he, why is he developed? Why is he this artificial human? Why is he on this weird house in the middle of this like, a cookie cutter town that comes out of nowhere. He's he's in a house in Transylvania in suburbia. Like it's a really odd. Uh, it's a it's kind of like an Adams family sort of setup. Like how does it's, this it's, one it's house very make Tim it? Burton. Yeah, it's very. It is very. It's Tim because Burton. Vincent Price said so. Okay, that's true. That's all we need for character development. There it is. Vincent Price said so. Um, <laughs> It's, it's interesting. I mean, uh, Tim Burton is an interesting filmmaker. You know, he just is. Um, but he does not work for me. Um, I don't honestly know how to score it. I think some of the performances are okay. Um, and honestly, I really like the I like the music. Um, I, I can give it a 1.5. All right. <laughs> he gives wow. Denny Elfman's score of Edward Scissorhands a 1.5 and Denny Elfman's score of Nightmare Before Christmas a zero. Okay. Uh, <laughs> when? Elizabeth. It's a win for me. I don't care. <laughs> Elizabeth, what do you think about Edward Scissorhands? I'm going to give it a three. I, I, it's, it's just a weird movie. To me, it just didn't work. But... But, but, um, it is Johnny Depp, and the, for as weird as it was, I don't know. I'm giving it a three. I don't really know how to ex- express my emotions about this movie. It's okay. It, it, it's conflicting to me, I guess. It's very sure. conflicting. <laughs> um, this movie has some pretty cool visual elements to it, obviously. For something that's so early, the 1990s, right? You know, Tim Burton, he's done Beetlejuice. He's done uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Uh, both movies I absolutely love. Uh, and then, of course, he he comes out and does Edward Scissorhands. And Edward Scissorhands is, uh, it's darker. It's um, got this, you know, really alien love story, almost. Like, it, it is, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, Romeo and Juliet, except like for uh, a creature it's it's literally frankenstein retold almost you know and and so there is that uh but it it's beautiful and edward is such a just a soft creature and 
maybe even more humane than all of the humans. And like in creating him, like in the, you know, all the scenes where Vincent Price, I don't know the character's name, the creator, I think they call him in the movie, um, you know, where he's like giving him a heart or where he's giving him, you know, uh, possibly going to give him hands or whatnot. You know, it's, it's very endearing of a, of a, you know, a creator and a createe. And then of course uh, to kind of like offset that you also have that crazy religious lady who plays the organ and is constantly judging everybody. Uh, someone who believes in a creator and, and that she's created. Right. And so Edward of course has the heart in this movie and she of course has uh, the opposite of that. And so it's a really interesting dynamic. I find that the acting is, is perfectly fine for what the movie is. I, think uh what's his face the the kid that always plays the nerd in every movie like um uh he has three uh, names michael hall anthony michael hall like he pulls off a performance in this movie no one thought he could do which was a bully right and so i think that's a pretty cool uh usage of him in a in a completely different uh uh role than he had previously had before um I, I love this movie. I think the makeup gets really bad at times. Um, at the very end, when Winona Ryder is supposed to be an old woman, it looks absolutely horrible. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's it's a beautiful movie. Uh, I really enjoy it. I think a lot of Tim Burton's early stuff is really cool uh, and really interesting. Uh, I can't say that about anything past 2007 or so. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I love it. I'm going to give it a five on the grayscale. Nice. Give it higher than Omar. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Which means that uh, Edward Scissorhands is now uh, our second most highest rated movie here with 14.3 points on the grayscale. Wow. See, I, I, I thought you might like it. Too bad nobody else did. Yeah. <laughs> I, do, I do love this movie. Um, and Gave I think higher you, than 1.5, Omar. <laughs> <laughs> I think you played it on the Christmas movie episode, which I also believe I gave it a five, but if not close to it, it deserved it. So um, that's going to bring us to my uh, second movie here. I, I'm, I'm conflicted because there's one in particular that I really want to play because it's so off the wall. And I think the love story is so interesting. Uh, but then I also want to play one that you've all seen. So um, I'm going to go with the one that I find uh, most interesting here. So uh, 2017, Paul Thomas and, uh, Anderson directed uh, Phantom Thread. Uh, the stars Daniel Day-Lewis, uh, Leslie Manville, and Vicky Crapes. Um, in 1950s post-war London, renowned dressmaker Reynold Woodcock and his sister Cyril are at the center of British fashion, dressing royalty, movie stars, heiresses, uh, all with the distinct style of the House of Woodcock. Uh, women come and go throughout Woodcock's life, providing the confirmed bachelor with inspiration and companionship until he comes across a young, strong-willed woman named Alma, who soon becomes a fixture in his life as his muse and lover. Uh, once controlled and planned, uh, because he's like got serious case of OCD, uh, he <laughs> finds his carefully tailored life disrupted by love. Uh, this movie won an Oscar for Best Costume Design. It's absolutely gorgeous uh everything about it looks great the acting is top notch uh the direction's great the um music is written by johnny greenwood um and, and it's beautiful and also haunting at times the love story is is interesting in the fact that it's also kind of a play on class i mean uh vicky cripps character comes from nothing she's a, a waitress uh she's an immigrant uh you know here in england um and uh, Daniel, uh, not Daniel, uh, but uh, Reynold Woodcock is this, you know, really uppity um, guy who just he's a, a playboy. He literally is just psyching through women and then 
just his sister gets rid of them when the time comes, when he's bored with them, they're gone. Right. And so, but this woman challenges him in a way that he's never been challenged before. And, um, you know, as someone who has absolute control over his whole life from the way he eats breakfast in the morning, uh, you know, to his daily schedule has to be a certain way or it just mess up his whole day. She comes in and she kind of makes it to where he can't do those things. And a part of him likes it. A part of him actually is benefiting from not being able to do some of those things. Although it really annoys him at first, I don't want to give it away. Uh, but she does something so crazy to keep him this way. It's, Borderline abuse. <laughs> Not borderline. Are you condoning it? Abuse? Is abuse. <laughs> it is it, it's abuse. It's abuse of what she's doing to him, but it's, consensual. it's also, it's consensual. It's cons- He knows what's happening and he's going along with it. Even before it's comes clear that he even knows what's going on. And it's such a really cool story um, that I almost find that like, in relationships, unless the other person challenges challenges you in a way that keeps you um, from just going and you know doing your everyday mundane, I guess like uh, reality. How boring is that, right? But this one's so weird. It's so good. Um, I love anything Paul Thomas Anderson has done. Uh, I give Phantom Thread a five on the grayscale. Uh, Dax, what do you think about Phantom Thread? This is probably my favorite Oscar nomination year of all time. Um, if you give me two seconds, I'm going to read the Best Picture nominations. It's sure. Shape of, yeah. Shape of Water, Call Me By Your Name, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Get Out, Lady Bird, Phantom Thread, The Post, and Three Billboards. Um, yeah. This, mov- this movie is fantastic. Um, this movie is really great. Um, uh of course, you know, Shape of Water wins Best Picture that year. I think posthumously Stupid. we will look back and say that is not the Best Picture of the year, that there are three or four others that are better. Um, totally. But, you know, Guillermo gets his, his Oscar. Good for him. Um, this is my favorite Paul Thomas Anderson movie by far. Um, this movie is so weird. It's um, <laughs> it's dark in a way that um, that I kind of relate to because it's not dark in a way that is um, beyond comprehension. Um, And seeing this man, he's so interesting. And Daniel Day-Lewis, you know, obviously everyone knows he's one of the greatest actors ever. I think he's doing probably the best work he's ever done in this movie. And this may be his last movie ever, which is a travesty, but um, he's so refined. He's so precise. He uses his body in a way that nobody else does. Um, but the point of this movie is this odd love story. It's a man coming out of himself and finding happiness in a way that he did not think he would ever find late into his life. I mean, he's not a young spry man. He's a man that is weathered, had careers, had failures, lives with money, lives with um, containment in his life. Um, he lives by routine and he's a dressmaker he's making fancy dresses for fancy people almost like custom one one of one dresses and he lives a one of one kind of life 
and totally. he, he finds the person that is his one of one and she is giving a fantastic performance um you kind of feel bad for both of them by the end of the movie but also kind of jealous that you don't have such a great love in your life either it's a it's a weird feeling it's a weird sentiment and the way that the narrative is told is almost backwards but you don't realize it's being told backwards until the very last moment of the movie and there are a handful of shots um my favorite is when he's driving in his sports car to and from like the town that he visits to kind of get away it's it's manic in a way that the movie is so quiet and paul thomas anderson is capable of doing things like that that no one else can uh this movie it needs more than five it's my uh 56th favorite movie of all time uh i love that you picked this movie yay uh well good and and you know just quickly one scene that i forgot to mention that's one of my favorite scenes uh is when there's a woman who's aging she's been you know wearing woodcock dresses her whole life um and she's about to get married and and she knows the marriage is a sham and and she's not feeling good about herself she's gotten a little bit bigger she's not as attractive as she used to be so she gets plastered uh wearing the dress and alma who is kind of new to this whole world um and i think this is where uh where reynold kind of falls in love with her and it's that she cares so much about his work that she insists that this drunk woman take off his dress at this function because uh, it's not becoming of the house of Woodcock. Uh, and, uh, and it's such a great scene and it's such a, like a man, like she really cares about him and what he does. And, and it's obvious that they work together, you know, it, it, anyways, beautiful scene. So thank you, Dax for the five, uh, Elizabeth, have you seen phantom thread? I have not, but I will find it and I will watch it. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> that almost sounds like a threat. <laughs> I will find you. You sound Liam Neeson ways. <laughs> uh, Omar, have you seen Phantom Thread? I have not either. I apologize. No worries. Uh, that means that Phantom Thread is going to go 13 on the grayscale. I don't know where you can watch this currently. Um, I'm looking right now. I think it's only able to be rented on any streaming service. It's not actually... Gotcha for free streaming anywhere. I think Paul Thomas Anderson may have that sort of deal going on. I don't know that a lot of his things are just available and around. Um, I, yeah, I know you can see boogie nights and there will be blood on Netflix, yeah, but, but I don't know of any also other ones. older movies. Of yeah. His and you know, totally. The, uh, yeah. I think that'd be hard to I'll check back around this. Oscar season. Usually, usually come Oscar season, they put out some of those movies that have won Oscars for a limited time so maybe yeah. it'll be out then yeah, yeah. all right uh edward scissorhands won that round with 14.3 points uh followed job, by phantom babe. thread and brokeback mountain sense 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 and sensibility uh both got 12 points that's gonna bring us to round three dax you're up what do you got for us oh man um i'm going i've been way off my like uh expected to play list this whole game i had this list of my favorite and things that matter and molded me and all this stuff um i'm gonna play one that i think is probably the most molding one even though it's not my favorite so we're gonna go with 2003 sofia coppola's lost in translation 
um, starring Scarlett Johansson, Bill Murray, in a really odd, uh, thoughtful movie. Again, um, it wins Best Screenplay by Sofia Coppola at the Oscars and 2004 Oscars. Um, this is a movie about two people lost in their lives at completely different points in their lives. Um, Bill Murray is a not washed up actor, but he is a um, kind of out of out of the, the trend actor in America. And so he's in Japan doing a commercial for scotch, um, which is a thing a lot of celebrities do. They go to Japan and China and Korea and they do. Uh, commercials for a million dollars for orange juice for no reason and then no one in america ever sees it um (laughs) and then scarlett johansson is newly married to a kind of hot up-and-coming photographer played by um giovanni rabisi and uh he's photographing a band in japan and they're both kind of stuck in this hotel this super tall japanese ultra modern you know, karaoke bar, lounge, cool pool, like all this really everything you kind of want in a hotel. And they're both miserable and neither of them can sleep because they're discontented with their lives. Um, they end up finding each other at the bar one night um, and strike up this friendship. And I had a a complicated sort of idea of what I wanted to talk about as far as love story goes, because it is the love story of Bill and his like, not separated, but like not fully connected to him life. He's not connected to his kids the way that he wants to be. Um, and then Scarlett with Giovanni, who you, you know that they were in love at one point, but have kind of lost it in the first few years of marriage, which I think happens to a lot of people, especially people that are, are busy and on the go and especially young, trying to figure out who they are as people, uh, getting married young. Um, but it's also this love story between two people that found each other at the wrong time in life, um, between Bill and Scarlett, they really do fall in love with each other. I think that in the most like general terms of the person that you immediately connect to in a deep way in your life of like soulmate where you are just instantly bonded with this person from the moment you see them, whether or not you've spoken to them or not, something just happens. And I think we all find these people in our lives, but more rom-coms have taught us that soulmate means the one and only love of your life, as opposed to the person that the universe brings in your life for whatever reason, for a season or forever. And they get to spend this little, these few days together. And in the end, you know that they fell in love with each other and they kind of don't want to leave each other, but they, you also know that they're going to go on back to their lives and they're going to be okay. Um, this movie is, is really, really beautifully shot. I mean, it is gorgeous. And, uh, Sophia Coppola is a master filmmaker, even though she's only made, I think about six films. Um, if you haven't seen her movies, obviously start at the beginning, go to Virgin Suicides, but this movie is undeniable. Um, this is another one. I think if you kind of went back to that Oscar year, it might be in the conversation of the best picture of that year, even though it didn't win. Um, Scarlett for J- best screenplay though, right? It did. So yeah. wins for screenplay. Um, and honestly, I, I would 
I could argue that Bill is giving a Oscar-winning performance in this movie as well. Uh, it's really funny. There's a lot of really great cute moments. Um, there's a lot of really quiet conversations. There's a really great scene where they're talking about does life get any easier with kids and marriage and everything, but they're laying on the bed and it's shot overhead and they're both have their eyes closed and he's gently like holding her foot as she's curled up next to him. And it's not sexual in any way, but it's one of the most like intimate moments I've ever seen captured on film. Uh, I love this movie so much. It's my 11th favorite movie of all time. Uh, I have to give it a five, obviously. All right. Uh, Elizabeth, have you seen lost in translation? Okay. I think I have, but I don't know that I have. Omar and I watched the trailer for this earlier this week, and I was like, I I feel like I've seen it, but I can't remember it at all, so I have to give it a 1.5 because uh, I can't remember. Okay. Uh, Omar? I do remember watching this movie. Um, it's good. It's good. I think it's a strong play, Dex. I, watching the trailer again, it was one of those things like we were, I think, looking for something to watch together and i'm like i just don't know that i could i enjoyed the movie it's a good movie i agree with everything you said but like for me i don't know that the rewatchability uh is is there um i love bill murray um scarlet joe i mean come on so at three all right um I think that something that is really interesting about this movie is the age difference between Bill Murray and Scarlett Johansson. You know, she's supposed to be freshly out of college in this movie. uh, And, you know, Bill Murray is, he's an aged man. Right. Um, And sometimes those relationships really work. And a lot of times it's looked down upon in society. There's a a TikTok that comes up every now and again in my feed of this guy who's with this really old woman and people make fun of him constantly, but you can tell that they're genuinely in love. You know, I think that kind of relationship does happen. Uh, And uh, I think Lost in Translation is a really cool movie for kind of, you know, uh, pursuing that a little bit. And Sofia Coppola makes some interesting choices. Um, I think she's a very good filmmaker. I even like her movie that most people say is not a great movie, but I, I thought the bling ring was great. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, yeah. So, uh, I, I, I love it. I think it's great performances all the way around. Uh, I'm going to give it a four on the grayscale, which means that lost in translation is now, let's see. Ah, oh, uh, it's going to get a 13.5 on the grayscale. Good play. Good play there, Dax. Uh, Elizabeth, what is your movie going to be? Okay. Sandra Bullock, I apologize. You are one of my favorite rom-com romance <laughs> I like the actresses, way this is starting. <laughs> but you are not going to be on my list today. Okay. I'm so very sorry. We already Sandra played Bullock, speed, Please forgive so. me. Shut up. I'm so sorry, Sandra Bullock. Okay. So that said, we're going with 2000s movie Chocolat. This one is about a French woman and a daughter who open a chocolate shop in a small remote village and it shakes up the rigid morality of the community. Starring Julieta Bianchi, B-I-N-O-C-H-E, however you say that. Binoche. Binoche. Yeah, it's not English. Uh, it's not. Judy Dench. She's French. 
Yeah, she's French. <laughs> Judy Dench, Alfred Molina, and Johnny Depp has a small role as well. Um, this movie has... So it, it it's in this small little English town uh, that is very much centered around the way the church is run. And the church is run by this Alfred... Uh, Alfred's character, Alfred Molina's character. I don't know that he's necessarily the uh, parishioner, but he, or he's not necessarily, I don't know that he's the uh, curate, but uh, but he's in charge. And the uh, Juliet's character opens up this chocolate shop at the beginning of Lent, the season of Lent, when most most uh, practicing Anglicans and Catholics are, are observing uh, the 40 days up to Easter. So they're supposed to be fasting. And she, <laughs> she's like, I don't give a fuck what the church says. I'm just here with my daughter and we're just doing our thing. So we're just going to open up this chocolate shop. So deal with it. And she, her chocolate is so good. She will, when customers come in, she guesses what they need and gives them these amazing chocolates. Like she got one, married couple that had been married for years and years and years, but hadn't had sex in forever. Um, she said, here, take these chocolates. That it, sounds familiar. Yeah. <laughs> take Ew. these chocolates. You, you, you won't regret it. And uh, the husband ends up banging the wife as a result of these chocolates. I, I, I was going to let your, la- I was, I was going to let your last comment go. Like, <laughs> and then you had to like throw that on top of it. We were like, like, yeah, Bill Murray and Scarlett Johansson's relationship. You know, you, you guys should explore that maybe. And then like, it's like, like, and then Mary comes up and had sex in forever. <laughs> Interesting. I, I see what's happening here. <laughs> anyway. Talk a lot. <laughs> oh dear. Sorry, Elizabeth. That, that's all good. It's all good. Yeah. So it was. It. I like this movie. It's. It's not a rom com. So that's how I can play this one. Uh, but it is. It does have its funny elements and its serious elements, and basically boils down to how 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 strict is a church? How how much power and control can a church actually have in a community? And how can a community throw off tyrannical uh, <laughs> uh, powers that be uh, to just the be patriarch. themselves? The patriarch, yeah, yeah, because she's a single mother too. There's that. There's that whole thing, and then she has a love. There's a love story there with her and Johnny Depp, but it's not. I mean, he doesn't stick around really. So it's. It's a love story. So where's, where, where's the love story then? Yeah, yeah. it is Juliet. It ask. is Juliet. It's <laughs> Juliet and Johnny Depp. They do. They do fall in love there. It's the. It's the married couple refinding themselves. It's the town realizing that they don't love the church necessarily, and that they need to love themselves. I think there's a lot of mm. elements to the love story in this one. When I look what's, it up on IMDb, it does say romance. When I look it up okay. on IMDb, so I yeah, don't know. I, I checked too. I checked yeah. too. <laughs> I'm giving it a five because I need to boost my scores. <laughs> All right, uh, Dax, have you seen Chocolat? I have, and uh, I, I, I kind of want to give it the rating that uh, that uh, Jason Siegel gives it in "I Love You, Man." When he it's this lovely movie, it's just lovely. <laughs> Uh, yes. yes, he does say that. <laughs> um, 
it's an interesting movie. It's 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 very Johnny Depp. You know, it's something that makes sense for him and kind of only him. I don't know who you would recast in this movie. You're not going to put throw Matt Damon into Shakala. Um, no. And uh, I don't know. It it did so I never impacted. It never like broke through in a way that it's like stuck with me. Um, it's another one. I know I've seen it and I enjoyed watching it, but, uh, I couldn't speak in any sort of depth about it. Uh, I know that it's one of like those, uh, I know there's a lot of people that like, they watch it with their parents. They watch it with their family. It's kind of, uh, anyone can watch it. It's got a lot of elements and themes to it that are good. It's not just, you know, as as a romance movie, sometimes those are difficult to watch because there's the sexual element that comes into it. And this movie is not that kind of romance movie. It's more wholesome um, while still um, being about something uh, more than just love. So it's an interesting movie. I can give it a three. All right. Omar, have you seen Chocolat? I actually have seen this movie. What? Um, what? What? Which we learned, which we learned, yeah, no, right? That's not necessarily a good thing. But, <laughs> um, but it's going to be more than a one point five because I'm your wife. <laughs> no, it, um, the, it, the credibility of the show has been it, challenged. It, it will get more than a one point five, but it's not because you're my wife. <laughs> a likely story. A likely story. I, uh, I. I don't know why I watched this movie because it's not something that I would normally like choose to sit down to watch, but I ended up like somebody recommended it to me, you know, like Probably it was trending there for a while it. when it, when it came out. I don't know. I think I've saw it be- <laughs> even before like we got married. So, Oh, okay. Like, um, and it was, I enjoyed it more than I thought I would, you know, because there was elements in there, I guess that I was able to kind of like relate to more than I thought I would. And a lot of, like type of romance movie maybe i don't know um so yeah i but it's i would never put it on a list of any sort necessarily so uh not even on the worst movies ever made no chris don't even suggest that because it's not go away i'll give it a i'll give it a a 2.6 all right. Yes. Thank you. Um, okay. Well, I'm going to have to give this movie a 1.5 because I have not seen it. I have not seen Chocolat. Uh, so, unfortunately. Like I said, this is not my category, y'all. There's a lot of movies that I just have not seen and have never really cared to see. And uh, I, I look forward to seeing a few of these. I, I love camp. And so Joe Vol- versus the Volcano sounds great to me. <laughs> So yeah. I'm, I'm excited you, to see it. I think you, I, I want to hear your opinions on it like, yeah. after you watch it for sure. Totally. Um, all right. That's going to bring us back around to Omar. What do you got for us? All right. Here we go. Oh, did uh, I say the points? Uh, sorry. Shuckalot gets 12.1 on the grayscale. 12.1. Go ahead, Omar. All right. All right. All right. That, that's the bar, huh? <laughs> okay. So, uh, so here we go. My number one. Uh, this actually got a little hard as I'm looking at my list because I was. That's what she said. I, uh, ooh, yeah, because I was I was scrolling through, and um, he said. a couple of a, a couple of them that I wanted to play uh, were were um, not didn't have the romance next to it at the IMDb. So I was like, oh, okay, well I'm not even gonna try to play that. And then we have all the ones that we've played before that there are some obvious ones on there that I'd like to talk about that we can't. So uh, I'm 
going to play uh 2000 a little newer we're, we're not in the 90s anymore 2004 uh written directed and starring zach braff uh oh. we, we have natalie portman and peter uh, sarsgaard in garden state um oh. this yeah this uh it's one of those movies uh watching it in 2004 uh, i think i know i didn't actually watch it when it came out i know i watched it on dvd um and so you know, like probably like 10 years after it, it was released um and it has a lot of humor to it it has um just the, so the story is uh, a quietly troubled young man returns home uh, for his mother's funeral after being estranged from his uh, family and friends and stuff for over a decade and uh kind of like falls in love with a, a girl from like his high school um and just kind of like is dealing with all the different stuff that's happened in his life um and why he's not been back home and i think it was just beautifully shot it's kind of like a got this whole like pa sort of like feel to it um uh, pennsylvania that is and uh well yeah, garden states new jersey though so yeah it's very much <laughs> our area no but but yeah so um I love it. It's a lot of fun. It's like kind of. It's. I think it was an indie movie. Um, but it. I. If you. I don't know really what else to say about it other than it's got that like. Uh, it's a comedy, and if you know Zach Braff, it's it's all Zach Braff, you know. And uh, Nellie Portman is great in it, and I give it a four point eight as well. <laughs> all right, uh, four point eight. <laughs> you given all your own movies four point eight today. <laughs> it can't be five because it's a love story, right? Uh, Dax, what do you think about Garden State? Garden State came out at the exact right point in my life for this movie to work on me. Um, uh, I'm not a Scrubs fan. I'm not a Zach Braff fan. A big Natalie Portman fan, um, and this movie—I mean, I had literally just found the Shins as this movie comes out and claimed that the Shins will change your life. Uh, so I was legit <laughs> in the middle of the Shins changing my life as this movie came out. Um, there's a lot of weird, cool, like uh, character actor, small people in this movie before they were big. Jim Parsons plays a little part in this. He's probably the most famous person out of this uh cast the movie is really diverse it kind of is almost like three or four different movies all in one um uh father son love story coming of age coming home movie it's a parent death movie i mean it's a lot of different things and it's also about clinical depression which is a really interesting thing that is subtle in this movie but doesn't get talked about nearly enough um uh it is it is just so peculiar and the truth is is i don't know that um it has held up the test of time the way that some of these movies have as far as uh cultural relevance holds up um zach graff has had all this promise of this cool new up-and-coming director uh and he has not lived up to that even a little bit um I, and looking back at it, I see all the faults and the flaws that he made in this movie, um, whether it be um, 
just kind of some bad editing, some weird slow-mo, just a little bit of like, I get all the tools that I get to play with. I'm going to use all of them. And he didn't really need to. Um, it doesn't change my opinion of this movie. This is my 217 all time. I give it a five out of five. Um, wow. Uh, I'm happy to watch it again. Anytime anyone wants to come over and watch it with me. That's the thing. I think like, I was, I was kind of like, where's he going with this? Like didn't hold up. Cause it definitely has like rewatchability to it. Like as far as that goes. But like I, but I see what you mean as far as like Zach Braff as a director, writer, all that stuff. I mean, it like even he, as an actor, was, he, yeah. I mean, he's funny and like, like as far as like, but it, yeah, he he's not been in any. I can't. I, I would agree. I would agree the, as far as that yeah. goes. But that was just probably like his best was his first, and then he was never able to like do anything better. It wasn't didn't go further. He doesn't have the depth of impact in culture that he once was kind of. Uh, giving the idea that he was going to be, you know, this almost like a voice of our generation idea as far as an actor, writer, director. And he, he did not follow up to that. Um, he did make another movie. He kickstarted a movie a few years ago uh, that kind of nobody saw, but he got $4 million. Wish you were here. From, yeah. He got yeah. $4 million from just America to make a movie that America then was like, nah, we're good. <laughs> and uh, I think I saw but, that one. Yeah, he's a, he's an interesting guy. He's dating Florence Pugh, which of us older to younger people, I think she's twenty four and he's like thirty nine, forty two, something like that. Um, so he's an interesting dude. And, there you go, Chris. I mean, yeah, I don't know why we all of a sudden think Chris is into like old romances or whatever. But, I was just saying, I think it's an interesting, you know, yeah. concept for that movie to explore. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Sure. Yeah. Well, you remember that old Garth Brooks song about the summer that he slept with that old woman, right? <laughs> and I'll never forget it. That's you know, the, that's few what people the have the balls called. to tackle it. Yeah. <laughs> the summer I slept uh, with that old woman. And then there's a, uh, Mrs. Robinson. You know, that was a pretty popular song. Totally. Yeah. And movie. Yeah. The grad. Uh, Elizabeth, what do you think about Garden State? Um. I watched this the year after oh, it wow. came out. What? You're surprised I've seen the hesitation. It? I'm like, I'm oh. surprised that you didn't like it. Maybe I don't know, but yeah, you haven't said anything yet. Go ahead. No, I haven't said anything yet. I watched this movie the, the year <laughs> after it came out because I watched it on DVD at my friend Danette's house. Her dad was one of those guys who just bought DVDs every weekend. And so their collection was huge. And she, I would go over to her house on weekends and watch DVDs uh, in 2005. Uh, from 2003 to 2005. So this was one that we watched. I I remember it and remember liking it, but it didn't really mold me. I don't know. It wouldn't be one that I'm like, oh, let's go rewatch a romance movie. I wouldn't necessarily pick Garden State. But that said, it it wasn't terrible. So I'm going to give it a 4.5 as well. <laughs> whoa, whoa, hold up. Whoa, that's a high score. That's a very hold high, high score. You can't say it wasn't, it wasn't terrible, terrible and then give it a 4.5. <laughs> give it a 4.5. Okay, a three then, a four then? What do you want me to do? I think you should give it what I mean, you really you think. I you a real score. Yeah. yeah. You're padding it for Omar. I don't need your padding, baby, or want it. I, oh, you I mean, like I take some padding. I take, Fuck you. Yeah, I, I, do. I do like you your padding. Head I, I, pat. Yeah. <laughs> All right. How about a three? 
I think Does that, that make anybody right. happy? That's that sounds that's about fair. right because yeah. it I mean, wasn't terrible. Than that, but that's that's fair. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like from your from your description, it makes more sense. So. I just remember hanging out with Danette watching it. That's what I remember. And, okay. Unless you're trying to pull like a you're Dax not scoring where you're like, Danette, where you're like, no, t- talking it down and then give it a big score. <laughs> this is true. This is true. It's like a Dax. That's a Dax move. All right, we're going to give Garden State a three from Elizabeth uh, because it, uh, you know, it wasn't we terrible. Are. We are. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so what are you Just giving it if, then chris if, 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 if i if, if i lose by a point and a half ladies and gentlemen just remember <laughs> like they, they hate me they they they, they hate to hate me um i don't think you're going to lose at all uh so <laughs> from my perspective on garden state uh it's not a movie i i mean i get the cultural significance i get that at the time everyone was all about it um, it just didn't really resonate with me. I think uh, Natalie Portman is incredible in anything she's going to do. Uh, I think Zach Braff made the right decision in in putting her as his uh, uh, co star. I think Even she absolutely she doesn't have any boobies, Chris. I don't care about her boobs. <laughs> <laughs> um, she's she's so good, um, and you know, for that, I'm gonna score it. Uh, a certain way but like you know as far as like moldability no uh rewatchability i tried rewatching this a couple of years ago and i was just bored out of my mind um mm. and you know that, that's nothing against zach braff i actually liked his other movie a little bit better <laughs> i really did i thought it was a little bit better uh done i don't know it was his second attempt as opposed to his first attempt and i know that's a very unpopular opinion uh uh, Dax made a mention about how like it just didn't work. No one saw it. Um, I don't know if that was because of you know maybe bad marketing or or maybe he just thinks it wasn't a very good movie. It's not a great movie, uh, but definitely in my opinion more watchable than Garden State. Uh, I would give Garden State a very just middle of the road score. With uh, I think I'm going to give it a three on the grayscale. It's it's not uh, terrible and it's not fantastic so uh, i agree with elizabeth <laughs> it's a three hey, uh, which I, means right. actually no give go us ahead. the total ahead, score and then give us the total score and then i want to say something one last thing about garden state uh well the score is going to be a 15.8 on the grayscale so it's currently 8. winning it is currently the number one movie on this list all right Okay, for the guys, uh, for the facing off crew, if you guys are listening to this episode, you guys should do Garden State versus Elizabethtown because they are right. very similar. Right. They're, uh-huh. they're very similar, they and are. it would be interesting to see. It would be interesting to hear your perspective. So there you go, facing off, guys. Take it away. I want to hear an episode about it. Which I love them both, actually. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> both uh, Nick and Gabe or... Uh... Or Elizabethtown and Garden State. Or, uh, <laughs> like, or, uh, or as Cuban Gear, uh, Cuba Junior, I can't say Cuba, Cuba Gooding Junior. Junior says in radio, I like both. <laughs> <laughs> they also they actually uh, facing off guys have a new co-host, Leia. I think is her name. Yeah, and uh, yeah. yeah, I knew it's, they'd added the girl. I couldn't remember yeah. her name. It's still pretty good. I listened to their uh, Blade Runner versus Blade Runner twenty forty nine episode recently. It was pretty good. Nice. Um, all right. Uh, let's see here. That's going to bring us to our very last movie, folks. Our very last movie. Uh, and so I am going to have to go. I've already played one that's charming. It's not super funny. It's not super sad. It's kind of somewhere in the middle. I've played something that is dark and weird. 
that's totally up my alley. Uh, I'm about to play something that is just absolutely hilarious. I hope you all like it. Um, it's supposed to be a 19, comedy. It is, well, it, it is a comedy, uh, but it's also very much about a love story. Uh, 1998, Farley Brothers, written and directed, There's Something About Mary. Uh, this is starring okay. Cameron Diaz, uh, Ben Stiller, Matt Dillon. Uh, it's all about Ben Stiller's character, Ted, who was a geek in high school, uh, who almost went to prom with one of the most popular girls, uh, played by Cameron Diaz, Mary. Uh, 13 years later, he realizes he still can't stop thinking about her. Uh, so he hires a private investigator to track her down. The investigator discovers he too may be in love with Mary. And so he gives Ted false information to keep him away from her. Regardless, Ted finds himself back in Mary's life and discovers that he has a lot of competition. Uh, uh, this this movie, hey, it won awards, uh, best movie at the MTV Movie Awards. Uh, it uh, that's the most important one, right? <laughs> I was going to say the only awards that matter, <laughs> right? Uh, it's so funny, like it is. What about so Nickelodeon? Funny. Like, did it win any Nickelodeon awards? I don't even know if they did Nickelodeon awards back then, but maybe they Kids did. Choice Awards. Yeah, um, the opening scene where. Uh, ben Stiller's character gets his nuts caught in the zipper is absolutely hilarious. <laughs> it's something that, you know, people uh, talk about even to this day. I hear people talk about that when uh, Mary, you know, fixes her hair with the quote unquote hair gel uh, is super funny. Uh, there's a few parts that may not live up too well. Of course, uh, her brother Warren uh, has a mental disability and it's kind of made fun of a little bit. Um, you know, that, that part may have not aged so well. Uh, but I still think the overall like theme of the movie, which is of course, like going after someone who you're really into and then maybe they'll love you back or whatever is totally what happens here. In the end, she chooses Ted. She chooses his character, even though she could have been with Brett Favre. Right. <laughs> Isn't that the one? I mean, <laughs> Barbara. <laughs> so anyway, you know, I, I, I think the movie's very funny. Uh, it's yeah, it's great. And it's a really fun love story. And so I'm going to give, there's something about Mary, a 4.5 on the grayscale. Uh, Dax, what do you think about? There's something about Mary. Well, I did not expect this to show up at all. Um, <laughs> it's so interesting. Um, <laughs> So uh, I'm going to give you a little <laughs> funny anecdote about this movie, but also kind of about another movie. Um, uh, Kevin Smith, when he was making Mallrats, he had a scene in the in the movie originally where one of the characters jerked off while watching someone changing in one of the fitting rooms. Uh, he ejaculated, and then it got in her hair, and when next time she was in the scene, she had funky hair. That movie came out in 95, and they told him, you have to cut that scene. It will never work. There will never be a movie with spunk in someone's hair. And then 98 <laughs> comes around, something about Mary, and it's the biggest comedy of the year. So, you know, whatever. Uh, I hate this movie. Absolutely hate it. <laughs> uh, I don't think it's funny. I like some Fairly Brothers, but most of what I like from them is like later when they're a little bit more... Uh, outside of their, like, isn't this funny, we're four years old sort of It's jokes. bathroom humor, totally. Absolutely. Totally bathroom humor. Uh, yeah. This is, like, my least favorite version of, like, Ben Stiller. I don't like Cameron Diaz at all. 
Um, oh man, this movie I really I oh man actively just if we did the least favorite multiple movies of all time, this would be right up there with Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, oh my goodness, he's I'm gonna, gonna do it again. I know. Uh, I I really I really really hate it. Uh, the oh my the performances are not the worst, and some of the directing is not bad. The Fairly Brothers are not bad directors at all. Sure. So for those two, those. Both wait a minute. Get... Wait a minute. Before you say anything, mm-hmm. don't forget about when Puffy is, takes those drugs and is kicked out the window. That's hilarious. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, for that, I'll negate a little bit and I'll give it a point five. I was going to give it a one, but now I'm going to give it a point five. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! You should have not even said anything, Chris. <laughs> oh my gosh! All right. Wow. wow. Dax gives "There's Something About Mary" a point five. Incredible, Elizabeth. Have you seen "There's Something About Mary"? Yes, I've seen it. I'm going to give you a three. Oh my! I Thank feel like you. padding this score. <laughs> <laughs> I, feel I mean, about you, you may good. be you may be padding that score. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I feel about this movie uh, the way I feel about Garden State, so I better just say three. <laughs> okay, uh, Omar, there's something about Mary. All right, I I do like Cameron Diaz. Um, I th- I think it's because when did this movie come out? 1998. Uh, yeah. yeah, we were in I, high school. Yeah, I graduated '99. So, um, Kevin Diaz actually looks like, uh, a girl I had a major crush on in high school and it was like, like in, in the friend zone with like for like the last couple of years and stuff. And so I think that's why I was so into her and her career, but I, cause I mean, she's not like an amazing actress, but she's, she's funny. She, and I, I really, I really enjoyed this movie when it came out is what I, is what I'm getting to. It was it like the humor was right like i mean i'm like 18 you know years old so uh i i don't know that i've thought a lot about it since i mean i don't know that it like you said it would hold up as far as but i I think i can give it i can give it a four yeah a four without feeling (laughs) all right uh that means that there's something about Mary is uh, it's got the exact same points as Brokeback Mountain and Sense and Sensibility. Uh, All which very are comparable our, movies. <laughs> which are our lowest movies on this list, actually. So that's pretty. I, I didn't figure this one would get a whole lot, but I wanted to play something off the wall and fun. Uh, and I knew that this one was one that most everyone had probably seen. Uh, I had a couple more up my sleeve. And I think we'll probably mention those here in just a little bit. But let's talk about which movies made our top five love stories of all time. All well, right. Here's the problem, Chris. What's like that? what like with the movie something about Mary, like I really did love it at the time, but as I'm looking back on it, like the three scenes I can remember, only three scenes I can really remember are the ones that you all described. You know, whether it's the the getting his balls stuck in the zipper, the opening <laughs> scene, you know, or or like having to like pre-game his date and so like his <laughs> friends are telling him that he needs to, to masturbate before he goes out because he can't be all built up you know and and so and then uh yeah with the getting it in her hair i mean i think that that was iconic and then the 
fucking Brett Favre cameo was like <laughs> at the time, like Brett Favre was like, I mean, like that football was God in America. So it was, it was interesting. So, yeah. There's another scene that it's not even like part of the main plot point, but it's something that a friend of mine, actually uh, Dax, you'll know Adam Shirey. It's something that he and I quote all the time with each other. And it's the scene where he picks up the hitchhiker and it's like some random guy who's like totally crazy. And he's talking about his idea for seven minute abs as opposed to eight minute abs. <laughs> yes. I'd, it's so I'd stupid, but it's like something that I still quote to this day. That's why I had to play this movie is it's so quotable. And I guess that has more to do with the comedic part of it than it does the actual love story. Uh, but you know, it's, at the end of the day, the whole movie's about him being in love with Mary. And then at the end, she chooses him. So I think it's relevant. Um, but let's talk about this list. All right. Uh, number five. I cannot believe this movie's on this list just because I know I'm going to watch it. And it's going to be super campy. Uh, Joe versus the volcano yes, with 13.3 points on the grayscale. It deserves it deserves to be on the list. I'm, I'm so so happy for for Tom and Meg, and that's the only, and that's the only one of Tom and Meg's right. movies that that were on the list. We didn't play Sleepless so, in Seattle. We didn't uh, right? play. With, yeah. Oh my gosh. That's mail. right. Oh my gosh. My wife loves that movie. She would kill me for not playing that. Uh, number four with thirteen point five points. Lost in translation makes the list. Uh, very good. That was kind of, uh, actually that was the, well, that was one of two that came on that last round in this list. Uh, number three, you can't play Bill Murray and go wrong. Like on this game. I don't, I feel like I, you'd be hard pressed to get me to go low on a Bill Murray movie. I do have to say, uh, Operation Dumbo drop. I have not seen that. <laughs> there you okay. go. <laughs> you, you, you got us. You got us. <laughs> In uh, in third place with fourteen point three points, we've got Edward Scissorhands. Uh, oh. In second place, I can't believe this with fifteen point five points, we've got Dan in Real Life, and then the movie. number one. It is a great movie. The number one love story of all time with fifteen point eight points is Garden State. I absolutely wow. hate this list so much. Me too. I hate this list <laughs> so hate very, very much. Okay, moving on. It's a weird list. I mean, it's a really weird list for love stories. It's terrible. I have to say. I, I love it. <laughs> all three of my movies are in there. I love it. <laughs> I was really expecting you all to play stuff like uh, fucking uh, uh, You've Got Mail or whatever. I was expecting more of these kind of movies. When Harry Met Sally, I can't believe is not on this list. It's just weird that this is the list. Well, we've played so many other good love story movies in the past that like it really limits us too, by the way. Yeah. I just want to throw that out there. Cool. Yeah. So in absolute last place, in absolute last place here with 36.6 points is Elizabeth. Crazy. Elizabeth Williams. Uh, in third place, y'all, y'all don't have taste. <laughs> in third place with thirty-eight point five points is Dax. Finally, not in second place there, Dax. That's a that's a new yeah. position, I think, for you. Uh, in in <laughs> second place uh, with forty point five points is myself, meaning that Omar is the winner with forty three point four <laughs> points. Love stories, playing Joe versus the fucking volcano, Edward Scissorhands, and Garden State. Incredible. 
we're gonna get off this we're gonna get off this call and i'm gonna sit there and watch every goddamn love story that y'all didn't mention and didn't see because they're better than these okay maybe not and and drink wine and cry i have some craft beer downstairs rather than wine today so yes i will be doing that yeah all right (laughs) So we'll just go in the order of which the game went. Dax, what are some of your honorable mentions? Mentions. I have a uh, I have a couple of movies I would have liked to have talked about or played. Um, some really great movies. One is About Time. Uh, yeah. Pseudo, pseudo time travel love story with uh, Domhnall Gleeson. Um, it was on our time travel yeah, list. That's why I didn't play it. Um, Away We Go, which is John Krasinski yes. and Maya Rudolph. Um, really oh, great yes. movie. Eternal, Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind was not played. That's an, on my, that's an, on my short list. Another Kate Winslet great movie. Um, uh, DiCaprio and Claire Danes in Romeo and Juliet. Um, yep, by Baz Luhrmann. Um, and then I've got a couple that I love. There's this Mike Mills movie called Beginners with Ewan McGregor. That's really just beautiful, amazing movie. That's like a warm blanket in my life. Um, there's a really weird kind of uh, tragic love story called Five to Seven with Anton Yelkin. Um, there is a movie um, by Kevin Smith called Chasing Amy that I really love. Yeah, that's, that's a, a good one. love lost movie as well. Ben Affleck and uh, Jason Lee. Um, I think that's probably my favorite Kevin Smith movie, probably. I have that and Jersey Girl really close to each other as far as my favorites go. And then um, my number five movie of all time is this movie called Sleeping with Other People by Leslie Hedlund. And it's Alison Brie That's and number uh, five? of all time, uh, Jason uh, Sudeikis. Um, I think it's the millennial version of When Harry Met Sally. I think it's I think it's a perfect movie. I think it's absolutely perfect. And I think both of them are getting a chance to act in a way that they normally don't get the chance to because Acts. they're in comedy movies. Uh, if movie- you would have played any of any three of your honorable mentions, you might have had a chance to win this game. <laughs> okay. That's fair. Wow. <laughs> um, I mean, there's, uh, there's some really good ones on there. Yeah. Um, I had, I had a list of like what I thought were winners, but I wanted to play you, you named the podcast movies that molded me. So I had to go based on your rules, buddy. Uh, I I love sleeping. I love, I love sleeping with other people. If you've not seen this movie, I I believe it's still on Netflix. Um, this movie is really fantastic. It's so funny, but it's very much a modern love story and uh it really is it's my fifth favorite movie of all time it's probably my favorite comedy ever um and if you don't know the the character actor jason matsukas um he was famously in the league um he's in this movie in a small part as uh uh best friend he's incredible in this movie he's so funny and he grounds everything while being absolutely crazy uh, so go watch that movie. I literally I have a poster right next to me by my bed uh, of of uh, Allison Brie and Jason Sudeikis. So uh, from that movie, it's it's fantastic. So go check it out. Well, you heard it here, folks. Dax loves sleeping with other people. Uh, Elizabeth, <laughs> what are your honorable okay. mentions? 
All right, so like I said, I really love period pieces, so I had to choose between Emma, the new one that was released in 2000, uh, in the year two, 2020. Um, in the year 2000. Yeah, I almost got that wrong. Pride of Prejudice with oh. Kira Knightley, The Importance of Being Earnest with uh, oh. Colin Firth, and Nicholas Nickleby, which I don't remember the lead character's name, but he's gorgeous. Um, then my... My Hugh Grant uh, obsession, I guess. Music and lyrics was uh, also Love on the list, but it movie. was a little bit too new to be on my list, in my opinion. That's um, a Hugh Grant and Drew Barrymore, right? I love yeah, that it is. Movie. Okay, I've seen that one. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, and then <laughs> to to my wonderful Sandra Bullock, I, I apologize. I'm so sorry, but two weeks notice, the proposal, Miss Congeniality, while you were sleeping, those are all on my list as well and love actually which i played during the christmas episode so i didn't put that on my list because i i love love actually watch it all the time every every and year what was that movie you said the importance of being what the importance of being earnest it's a comedy I thought you were gonna say starring jim varney it was no. the le- lesser, nice. the lesser known <laughs> earnest <laughs> movie <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh 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 and the last one one more one more one more (laughs) Heath Ledger Night's Tale Night's Tale is a love story yes Uh. he falls it's look on IMDB it's a love love story for you it's a love story for you because you fell in love with Heath Ledger during (sighs) watching that movie you're not wrong Uh, he is a hunk he's very hunky Uh, Omar what are your honorable mentions he he has dreads in that movie too um all right yeah so true romance has to be mentioned uh it was a great uh love story kind of fun movie a lot of uh big name actors at a very young age um it's it's one that normally always gets brought up when people talk about uh like love story movies um and uh i was i'd be in deep in it for like all the the cast but I'm just gonna keep going. Anyway, Honorable uh, so then, mentions. Yeah, Benny, Benny and June uh, <laughs> is another good one. That, that's that's a depth movie. Uh, Adventureland, which I, I wouldn't uh, play because Chris hates uh, Jesse Eisenberg, but I it's that's that's a fun one, a really good one. It's one it's like rewatchability is up there as well. Uh, Princess Bride could be, you know, like would have won. Uh, but we've played that before. Nick Norris playlist. I'm, I mentioned that in another honorable mentions. Yeah. This would have been perfect here. Uh, uh, August Rush. I wanted to play that, but I looked it up on IMDb and it wasn't a romance. Yeah. And I guess it's not, although like it has the ro- such a strong romance element from the, at the beginning and at the end. But I guess the story is more about the kid trying to find his parents, but it's like the parents coming back together, like, you know, him bringing his parents back together anyway. So, so I wanted to mention that. And then, uh, I agree. Like the Romeo and Juliet, I wanted to play that, but I just felt like that. I thought Dax would have shit shit on it, but it was on his list. So, um, that's interesting. Um, it's kind of a funny story. Uh, uh Zach Galifianakis that's, uh, takes place in like a, a mental institution sort of thing. This, uh, kid takes himself in, uh, is going through like a mental breakdown, but then, and just ends up finding like friends and family, uh, and it's just a weird group of like and love, um, or 
and Sense of Purpose. It's a great movie. Um, you should watch it if, if you have not seen it or heard of it. I recommend it probably um, as like a very surprisingly good movie on my list. And then My Girl uh, and Internal Sunshine and Spotless Mind, uh, I agree, is another good one. So there we go. Okay. Uh, I would definitely put Overboard top of the list from yeah. the 80s. From the eighties, I love that. I know, you, I I know, I know you would. I love that movie. Uh, the The remake is not watchable. Um, and the Wedding Singer, one of my favorite. Uh, you know, earlier you mentioned uh, Drew Barrymore, Adam Sandler duos. I uh, absolutely love that movie. I think it's the best uh, with those two. I think uh, I think she is so charming in that movie. Uh, another Drew Barrymore movie, Going the Distance, uh, with Justin Long, who normally I can't stand. Uh, but I think this movie's very good. And I it's I don't know if it's because my wife and I really loved it and like bought it and watched it together several times that maybe it just like has a special place in my heart. Uh but I I, I think it's great. Um, I, why do you I, find that interesting? Can I call a really funny uh because nobody saw that movie. It's just not remembered very well. Um, yeah. there's yeah. one of my very favorite moments. So Jason Sudeikis and Charlie Day are like his best friends in the movie. And there's a scene where they're at a bar and a, the camera like comes back to the table and you catch them in the middle of a conversation. And Charlie Day's going like, I'm telling you, man, there's no baby pigeons. Have you ever seen a baby pigeon? <laughs> and then that's all they mention it. And it, I died laughing in the theater at that. Like nobody was laughing yeah. and I was like screaming at the top of my lungs. It's so weird. They were so funny in that movie because there was one scene where they were talking about like sucking your own dick and I, I don't know. It's so fucking funny. I it's love weird. that movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting to know that you, did you enjoy it? Like you, you actually really liked the movie? Um, it's got some like some issues with it. I mean, it's a long distance sure. relationship story. Yeah. And so there's a little bit of like, will we cheat? Will we not? Will we stay together? And then the movie yeah. doesn't quite come together as like art you know but uh it totally is totally watchable it's really funny it's on hbo max i watched it recently um yeah i do like it but it's it's one of those ones i just wouldn't have thought of uh adding to a list like this but i like i it's fun to talk about yeah it's really good uh this is 40 uh, I think is uh, better than Knocked Up, personally. Uh, and I think the love story between Paul Rudd and Leslie Mann's characters are actually, uh, I think it's pretty interesting. Like, you know, as people get older, they grow apart. And that movie really kind of like looks at that. And, you know, I, I don't know. I think it's really endearing and fun. Um, yeah, I don't know. Those are my audible mentions. Uh, there's, you know, a ton more that you all t- already talked about. There's no need for me to bring them back up. Uh, I think our list is fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> this may be the worst list. But hey, it's it is what it is. It's I the know. movies that molded us. I and know. uh and I think it's great. And if by worst you mean best, yeah, I completely <laughs> agree. I love it. All three of my movies are right there. Yeah. So, all right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye. Peace. Bye.